Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Hey, we'd like to take a time out to thank our sponsor. Uh, as you know, our podcast is focused on helping entrepreneurs scale their business and also save time, be more effective, and have a well-rounded life. Well, there's an amazing event coming up in February that's 24 hours of virtual learning. It's called Scale Fest. It's an event like no other. You're going to have 50,000 attendees. There's going to be inspirational tools, opportunities to connect, and it's for anybody looking to grow and scale their business. So a lot of entrepreneurs are going to be interested. There's going to be top speakers. And when I say top speakers, I mean top names in people that know how to scale their business, interactive workshops, deep learning, countless opportunities to connect businesses with products, services, and people. And we are, the call right now is we're looking for exhibitors, speakers, and partners who uh, want to benefit from this and join. Uh, and I, I'll put in my link uh, more detail in a video uh, from the chairman and CEO of ScaleFest. But if you're interested in more, DM me on any of my social medias or look in my link on any social medias. You can find out more details. But those uh, ScaleFest will be our sponsor for the next several months leading up to this amazing event. I hope that you'll participate and be part of it. Okay, welcome to another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast. I'm Rick Highland. I'm here with two very special guests, Cecil and Kent Bullard from We Are the Institute. I'm excited to hear about their entrepreneurial journey and their lessons to share with all our listeners today. But gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having Good. us. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's Great to be here. Pleasure. Um, let's start with backgrounds before we kind of jump into your lessons learned and success stories and success factors and all that. Um, Kent, why don't you start? Share us a little bit about your background, yourself and your company, and then uh, Cecil, if you can do the same. Yeah, of course. I uh, I dabbled in music quite a bit growing up. Okay. Um, when I finally got to the point where I was going to college, um, I was never really a, an academic. I never felt very successful in that space. And when I was about 19, my dad who'd been doing independent consulting in this industry for quite a long time said, Hey, I want to do something more impactful. I want to, I want to leave, you know, this legacy. I want to make a big change. I don't want to just be me. I want to do something huge. Um, I need a secretary. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. So uh, I dropped out uh, second semester of college, started working for my dad. Um, and I got kind of an experience in everything. So we do a lot of online content. We do a lot of online uh, stuff, uh, learning management, training, all of that good stuff. Um, and I kind of filled these spaces. We now have, thank thank goodness, we have very talented people in those areas to help with our marketing and our media production and our all that. Um, but I did all of that uh, working through this company as well as putting together our, our operations. So that's been my experience, you know, trial by fire <laughs> for the past, I don't know, 10, 11 years now. So that's great. Yeah. It's been and very Kent, rewarding. Kent, you guys are in Ogden, Utah. That's where the you and the business are? Yes, we are. Oh, awesome. Um, so close. Well, pretty close to me, anyhow. Almost neighbors. Cecil, a little bit about your background, please. Uh, I went to college to play basketball. That's what I was supposed to be, a professional basketball star. Um, 19 years old, chasing girls and playing ball and not paying much attention to college and 
had an injury about three weeks before the season started. And uh, that ended my basketball career. So I'm sitting around, don't know what to do. My father had a shop. Uh, I hated it. I hated the fact that dad had a shop, but we never had a lot of money. He was never home. He was always tired and unhappy. Uh, And um, I didn't want to get a job. I didn't want to go in the military. So I called my dad up and I said, hey, uh, teach me to be a mechanic and uh, came home and started working in the shop, uh, turned wrenches for a long time. Uh, As part of my experience, I've always been kind of, um, I don't know, uh, I always look at wherever the problems are and want to solve problems. So one day I'm complaining to my dad about how bad our service advisor is, can't sell my work, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And uh, dad was the service advisor. So he was like, well, if you think you can do it better, and I became a service advisor. And a couple of years later, I was looking into the finances of the business. Um, his partner had been taking money out of the company. Mm. Um, uh, about four months after that, dad bought him out. And I became a manager of the company and then an owner. I had three at one point. Um, when I was um, when I first started to become uh, a service advisor, do sales, I, I was very lost. I didn't know what to do other than to just tell people, here's what you need. And I wanted to get better. And I went to this uh, event and there was a guy uh, who had been a preacher who then owned a shop, who then became a consultant. And he was talking about different things in the company. And I, my dad and I, we didn't know any of this stuff. I mean, we didn't, we really didn't know it. And I remember we were at the, at the bar at uh, the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, I don't drink, so I had a Pepsi and we were having nachos and Ned was having a beer. And we were like, um, I didn't like that guy. Um, But, you know, he did say we could raise our labor rate. And so we were like, okay, well, let's give that a try. But I didn't like that guy. And (laughs) we literally, all the way home, hour and a half, two hour drive, we lived in Palm Springs at the time. Um, You know, we were like, "Well, well, he said we could charge shop supplies. But I didn't like that guy. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we went home and we made we made some minor changes. And all of a sudden, there was like two grand more in the account at the end of the month. And so we both looked at each other and we were like, I wonder what else that guy has. Yeah. And, and so I found some mentors. Uh, that, that particular guy's um, uh, Jim. He's passed away. He's been gone for a while. Uh, uh, there was a guy named uh, Bob O'Connor. Uh, just these different guys that were kind of the leaders in the consulting in the automotive industry in the 80s, 70s, late 70s, early 80s, 90s. And I just, I I knew then when I was sitting in the class, that's what I wanted to do. And, and I wanted to do it not, not because it was going to quote unquote make me rich or anything, but I wanted to do it because I thought if I could help other business owners learn these things that we didn't know, and learn them sooner than they could have better family life. I thought, you know, my dad knew these things 20 years earlier. We would have had more money as a family. We would have had more time. He would have been home more. He wouldn't have been as unhappy. Or at least I, that's what I thought, right? And so I spent the next 25 years running shops for other people, owning shops. I ran a dealership for a while. And then about 20 years ago, uh, I decided uh, I'm going to be a coaching consultant. I brought some people in um, 
after about a year and a half, all of my money was gone and the people weren't really producing. So I kind of terminated everybody. Um, I, I, I got in my car, I drove from Utah where we were at the time down into California. And I stopped along the way at these shop owners that had been in classes I had taught. And I said, Oh, you're going to join our program and you're going to join our program. And I signed up 12 people in a program you know, 22 years ago, 21 years ago. And that was the, the impetus to really get the company rolling. It was a face-to-face, Hey, you need me. I'm going to be able to help you in your business. And, uh, we've, we haven't looked back since then. That's mm-hmm. my background. That is cool. So your company today, we are the Institute is primarily focused on automotive aftermarket, helping the shops with sales training, with all sorts of training, just describe some of the training that you guys do. We, co- um, we we cover everything from marketing, sales, uh, to systems and processes, operational stuff, um, financial, even personal finance. So how you can start to establish some real wealth uh, for yourself and your your employees. Um, we cover everything. <laughs> I when when I when I when I started, I thought I want kind of a business in a box. I didn't want a franchise, but I wanted if you wanted to start a shop. I wanted you to be able to have a place where you could get, how do, what do I do? You know, how do I charge? Um, how do I pay? Uh, how do I sell? And, uh, and really everything in between to, Hey, I think it's time for me to get out. How do I get out? And so we literally, we can help anybody in anything for running an automotive uh, business from sales, marketing, management, finance, you name it. Uh, we, we are really pretty good at all of that stuff. Yeah, and I love that you're you're really focused on your niche and your area of expertise and trying to serve all the issues and pain points and challenges and opportunities within that niche. Yeah, okay. So, gang, let me, um, of our listeners, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this program and are figuring out, trying to figure out how to scale their business, grow their business. What would you, if Kent, let's start with you. If you could pinpoint a key success factor in how you got to where we are today? What what would you uh, say to listeners as a key success factor to growing this business? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I know for myself that I didn't I didn't feel like I got any traction in in this company or in this industry until about three or four years in, because I I didn't believe that there was an opportunity. I didn't I didn't know it for myself that I could actually do something that was impactful. And I think after that point, and there was a lot of stuff we were going through, you know, on my personal life and uh, the company's gone through a couple hurdles. Um, but, you know, you get to the point you go, hey, I know there's an opportunity. Once you know that and you start seeing all the potential there, then it's like, okay, what do I need to do? And you get things prioritized. You start taking action. You know, um, we started bringing more people on. You know, I've always, I'm have I'm a self-proclaimed minimalist. My dad argues he's he's the maximalist right? Good um, to have a balance. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, you kind of realize you can do a lot more if you have a bigger team, you have to, you have to delegate, you have to take stuff off your plate to focus on the higher level operations of, uh, of your business in order to grow and scale. Right. So if you're in the day-to-day trenches right now, and you're somebody who wants to scale up, you need to start identifying the areas where you can establish a minimum level of performance that you would you would qualify someone say this is what i i have to have here and start putting people in those positions so that you can focus more on the direction of the company 
Mm, that, that, I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, but. it does. There are so many nuggets in there. First, first of all, Kent, the confidence and belief in what you were doing. And it, it, for you, it did take time. Uh, but that drives all sorts of change and behavior and investment mm -hmm. when you really believe in what you're doing. And it shows, right, when people see people that believe in what they're doing, not only are they willing to invest in their business, they're willing to invest in their clients, and that confidence comes through. I, I have to be honest. I was, I was, you know, a skeptic. I was like, oh, I don't really jive with that woo-woo, you know, oh, you have to believe in your opportunities. But now having gone through it, I'm like, yeah, if you if you're in a mindset of of, of opportunity and a mindset of openness, and you realize that there is opportunity, and that's what you're thinking about, always looking for new new ways to get in and and uh, take advantage of what's there, and you realize there's an abundance of all of these different opportunities. Once you once you think that way, now you're you're primed to look for all of those opportunities once they come up. You know yeah. what I mean? You're yes, primed I for it. You, you, man, this is awesome. This mindset, um, because that'll drive a whole bunch of positive behaviors and abundance, like you were saying. But another point inside of that that I really liked is the idea, because many entrepreneurs, they're proud of, they bootstrap it to death. And mm -hmm. what if they would have made an investment in people or program that would take them to the next hurdle and to the next level? I, I think, I think if you're bootstrapping as a reaction, that's, probably not the best way to do it. I think that you still have to have some some mind to go, you know, what are the options here? Either I pay somebody or bring someone else on the team to do this or I bootstrap it. How much time am I going to invest in that? By the way, if I'm investing my time in that, I'm I'm taking time away from something else, right? And could I spend my time on something that's much more impactful for the growth of my company? Right. You have to have that so, mindset versus, yeah, dad's trying to get in here. Sorry. So, so something that, that, you know, you say, well, you know, how did you scale your business? Well, in the beginning, I went out and I spoke at a lot of different events and the company was Cecil Bullard. That was the company. And so yeah. this, this, this thing that we did in the beginning was great to get us going and get us started, but it's, it's actually been painful or it has actually hurt our business in the long run because we can't, we had to get away from the company being Cecil. And so the things that you do in the start that might help you scale your business to say a couple hundred thousand or maybe even a million dollars in sales, they're not going to get you to 5 million. They're, they're just not. And if you're not able to or willing to make those shifts uh, and give away some of the quote unquote control, uh, you're never going to make that next. You won't make those next leaps. You won't be ready or yeah. able when those opportunities come up. Mm, you know, COVID was, we, we had been working on a learning management system, an online training system well before COVID. And, uh, and um, we had actually launched it in uh, February of 2020, I think was when we. Yeah. Launched, yeah. It was just, right? it was just right before. And then literally before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. And yeah. so when COVID hit, we were already online, which gave us this um, kind of huge advantage over some of the other people that had to go, uh oh, how do we now get online? It was so, it, it was the funniest thing because COVID actually hurt us pretty badly. If we didn't have the platform, we I don't think we would have made it because the platform gave us exposure. I mean, most of our our uh sales conversions, because we never had a sales team in place we never had that we, it was all word of mouth 
Um, so people knew us and they came to us. But that was at events. That was a training. We would do trainings and workshops, but none of that was happening. And so it was, it was, <laughs> we took a big hitting during COVID, but that not only saved us during that time, but primed us as one of the top people in our industry and took us up to that level because now we had exposure we didn't have prior. Right. Yeah. And so that I think slingshotted us over the next two years. So were you lucky or were you intentional? Or? Well, I we did some things. I one of the things Innovative. I think that that's fundamental to the to our company is we sat down with our people and we said, what kind of company are we going to be? And so we have a a really solid mission statement. We have five pillars that we talk about in our company. And so we're very um we're very focused on making sure that these things happen. And we were we were like, okay, we're going to be ahead of the curve. We want to do this thing because it's the next thing. And I think so luck was was it luck? No, but but it wasn't just us either. Some of it was luck, right? You know, um one of my favorite quotes is by Jack Nicholas. He says, the more I practice, the luckier I get. And so I think the forward thinking part of the company, which I can't, again, I'm the older guy. I'm the guy that's like holding everybody back and going, wait a minute, we used to do it this way. We need to be doing it this way. That always worked. And, but having the younger people around that are saying, wait a minute, there's this new, this new thing. Uh, we need to get on Facebook. We need to get on LinkedIn and, um, and being there when it all went down was lucky but it wasn't just luck. It was yeah, we were prepared. A, it was a real it. plan for the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and because you had talented people handling some of the other things, you guys had space to engage them to come up with a more forward-looking plan and innovate. And I think that is a key success factor of any successful, scalable business: is they're constantly being strategic, and they're constantly trying to innovate. And where's the market going? And where do my what do my customers need? Uh, I love all that. I mean, there's so much in there, but uh, Cecil, I want to come back to one point you set up because I think entrepreneurs get trapped in this as well. And that I'm going to call it setting up others to so you can scale because even in my own consulting practice, we had partners that were so good at delivery, let's say right. sales training in this case, or performance improvement training, whatever they're training, that the clients loved it and they loved them. And the company was them. And so every time revenue had to be shared, it was them. <laughs> Whereas if you want to scale, you have to set up your partners, your your contract, your, your people, so that it's this team to deliver. You can still be the front person as a CEO and, and uh, introduce, but it's about setting up the whole program and the team so they can trust Kent, they can trust Lex, they can trust not just trust Cecil in this, and that is so critical if you want to scale. I I, th I think if you don't, you're you're really stuck. I mean, Cecil alone could only teach so many classes and help so many right. clients, and and so one of the first things when Kent came on, and I know what it was years before he actually did it, but I'm like, okay, you got to start writing articles, you got to get out there, you got to teach some classes, and I know he struggled and struggled, but after he taught his first class, he was like. I'm hooked. This is great. You know, they loved it. They, and that's what happens. So what we try to do with all of our forward facing people, at least is get them out there teaching. Even Lex, who does our marketing, she teaches marketing classes online. You know, some of the, you know, what is Google doing and, and, you know, how do you find out what, you know, how do you look at your reports and how do you create what you need to? I, I so, would say, 
<clears throat> sorry, I didn't want to. No, go ahead. Want to cut in? I would say that you have to you have to think about how much your ego is is coming into play here because as the owner, as the the yeah. main guy, it feels really good. It feels yeah. really good to be like, hey, I changed their life. I I helped them out. I I fix their problems. But you got to take a step back and go, okay, is my ego serving me or is it is it hindering me? Because if I'm so absorbed in that, you know, recognition that I don't bring my team in and give them opportunities for building relationships, connecting with other people and getting the recognition that I was getting, then you're limiting your your company's potential. So like even just this past year, what I've been doing is everybody that I talk to, because I'm pretty well known at this point, everybody that I talked to, I said, hey, you know who who should join this conversation? Lex, we need to bring them in. Hey, you know who, who you should talk to? You should talk to Mark. He's got some great tips on this and this. So you want you want to say, hey, I know these people have these these skills, these talents, and think about how you can connect and build relationships with the other people you know. Right. Like there's a, another marketing company we've worked with. I won't, I won't drop their name, but I'm like, you know who you should, you should really get with Lex because I think you two would really enjoy working together. Even though that that company is not part of my company. If I've established that relationship and they work together well, then we can help each other's companies grow. And Lex is the one that handles that rather than myself. Yeah, I think there's this whole thing too, about being that. out and in front of people. And, and as, as Cecil, I can only be in front of so many people so often, but with Lex and Kent and, <clears throat> And Mark and John, all of a sudden, we're five times more visible. And showing and, up is eighty percent of the battle. <laughs> so if we show up more, we're—I don't know—it's still eighty percent of the battle, but it's a much bigger eighty percent. You yeah. know, I love that. I love that, guys. You, you've given me—I mean, four at least four massive nuggets for entrepreneurs that want to scale. One, one was the belief and the mindset idea. Second was investing in people, sometimes even before the revenues there, if you have that vision and belief and where you're going. Third, set up other people so that you can expand your network. So it's not just the single uh, approaching clients and working with clients. And then finally, that forward taking time to forward think and innovate uh, was critical. And you can say, well, is it luck? But you took the space to forward think with your people. You innovated an idea and it was Perfect timing in February 2020. So well done. Go ahead. We have a we have a room that's all whiteboard. And so we can go in there. There's a couch, there's some chairs, and we can sit down and just go, okay, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? You know, and kind of think this thing out and really innovate the company. And I think that's extremely valuable to to us. But it's it's also cultural because I participated, I got to play in this game. Right. As part of the company. I think it's really good for staff as well as the company itself. For empowerment, engagement. Yeah. So Kent, talk to us about the future of the company. You're the future of the company. Dad will retire at some point here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you envision for the future for We Are the Institute? Well, so <clears throat> our industry is undergoing a pretty massive transition. Uh, the auto collision industry did this about 10 years ago, where a lot of private equity companies came in and started buying up market share. That's starting to happen here. I uh, I think for us, you know, we run these these uh, consulting groups and we do training and education, um, but we always had this plan to do this business in a box. I mean, that's been you know kind of the 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 idea since the beginning, and we're elevating that. So we have something called Gear, and it is great education and resources, and we call it the Gear platform. Right, kind of goes along with the automotive, <laughs> but what it is is there's 
uh, learning courses. There's analytics and tracking for point of sale systems that are in the shops. There is community aspect to it. There is uh, gamification to it. And what we're what we're hmm. working towards is this singular platform that not only says, "Hey, all of your numbers are going in there," right? We can we can pivot and target and say, "Hey, these are the areas we know that that are critical to your." We do a diagnostic of your business and we go, "Hey." These are out of whack. You're you're trending downward in your parts GPs at six percent now over over the past three months. Here's the fixes we suggest that you do. Here's a lot of online education that we can deliver, and you've got a personal coach that goes through and recommends that you can talk to and call. Uh, and then you have the community aspect of it, where it's not just you with this platform; it's you and an entire community, right? And as we grow, we want to leverage channels for these shops to be successful faster. So right now, our motto is a shop. We, we can take a shop at any point, any level. It could be one guy who's got a mobile business all the way up to somebody who's got 36 locations. But you can come into our program, go up the channel and either get to a point where you can sell your business and retire uh, grow into a multi-shop operation, so scale your business at that point, um, or maximize the profit potential for the for the business that you currently have. Mm, right. So can it's you, can yeah. without without uh, divulging anything confidential. Do you have a case study or two, like an example of uh, <laughs> recently that you've taken a shop either on the profitability or scaling side or whichever one you well, want? Well, who, who do you want to talk about? The I, uh, I got to yeah. talk about a couple. Okay. Clients. So <laughs> okay. in uh, January, February, March of this year, we did a, a big event and we signed up a couple of guys. Uh, actually, we signed up quite a few, but uh, there's a couple kind of specific. We got one in Hawaii. And, uh, you know, last year he made uh, $60,000, And in the last two months, our conversations have been very much different because he's going to end up with over $300,000 in profit this year. And, and so, uh-huh. and, and he's, his business is expanding in the sense that now he's not the central person anymore that has to do everything in the company. So he was, he was, he was playing golf last weekend in uh, Mesquite, Nevada at a tournament while his company was running and making him money. And, and that's the dream. We have multiple, I mean, we could, we could go guy after guy. uh, we, We have different types of clients. And one of the, types that we get is a guy who realizes after 25 years that, Hey, if I keep doing this, I'm probably going to be out of business. And so we had a shop about five years ago, start with us who was losing about $80,000 a year. And he said, I need help. And he came on board and we started working with him. Well, you know, this year he'll probably net somewhere close to half a million dollars out of the same shop. And, and he's also, again, He's not the primary guy out there either working on cars or selling work. He has a team now that does that and an operation that runs very smoothly as systems processes because not only did we help him identify areas that he could improve, but we we actually then taught him what he needed to know so that he could be the best that he could be hmm. in his business. So, you know, that that is the that is the general story that happens with the clients that we work with. It's 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 90 seven percent plus are going to be very very successful and the difference is really you know are you ready to make the changes if we can show you what to do and help you identify what you need to do then are you willing to do it because cecil can't come to your shop and do it and kent can't come to your shop and do it our whole thing is 
we want to teach you what you need to know to better understand your business and then do it. And we do that online. We do that in person. We do that, you know, in, in classes, in, in a lot of different ways, along with the community that Ken is talking about other shop owners that have already been through the journey that can say, I know you're nervous about this, but there's a guy, <laughs> it's permission to there's be a guy successful. In, <laughs> there's a guy in Canada and, and four years ago, he, he was down here in, in the United States. His business was faltering. And he, he said, Cecil, I, I need help. And I said, come on over to my, to my office. And so he was there for the day and we worked on a marketing plan. And I remember a month and a half later, we're in a meeting with about 20 guys and he is, he's pissed. He's like, you told me this would work. I, you know, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And, and all the guys were like, calm down, just hang in there, buddy. It's going to be okay. And about three months later, he, his whole business just took off. And now he's like, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the institute, if it wasn't for the guys in the in the group who said, you know, calm down. But I remember he was so angry and now he's just like, I, I, Cecil, you made me a million dollars because I listened to what you you guys did and I was able to change my business. So that's the normal story. That's awesome. Those are three great success factors. So if I um this is my favorite question for the listeners. And I think it always ends up with some gold and some nuggets. What lessons learned in hindsight, in hindsight, what would you do differently or what have you learned? Or maybe let's stick with that first question. What would you do differently? What advice do you have for other entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their business? Any lessons learned that you want to share? I would, I would have got help sooner. Ah. Um, I would have, I would have not looked at myself and said, Hey, stupid, you're supposed to know all of this, know it all and do it. I would have said, I don't know enough. I would have found mentors and, and people to attach myself to much sooner in my journey. And I would have given up, um, that ego part. Uh, don't get me wrong. I haven't given it all up at this point. The ego is still there. (laughs) Kent, anything else you would add to the lessons learned question? Uh, learn to learn. So you were talking about you can't be an expert in everything. I think you need to know enough in every area so that the people that you bring on to take over that area, you know enough that you know that they're smarter than you and can handle that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew enough about marketing that when we brought on a marketing manager, I knew what to look for. I don't have to know the expertise and and have a four four to six year college degree to do that, but I know enough to pick the right people. Yeah. And, and and to your point, you know, you're a lifetime learner. That that's a strategic advantage, a strategic weapon, if you will, if you're constantly learning and trying to get ahead. And and uh, so I love that. Well, Kent, how do you learn? Are you a book? Are you a podcast? Or are you uh, go to a course? I, I do. I do a variety of things. So you know, like while I work out, I listen to audiobooks. Um, I I I don't read. Um, I wish I wish I I did, but I, I do audiobook. Um, And what I do is I always ask people, you know, what are, what's your top book recommendation? Because I have a running list of, of books in my library that I queue up and every now and then I'll buy another one as soon as I hit that point, put it in the queue and then just keep listening. Yep. Oh, very good. Okay, guys. Well, this has been very interesting and tremendous lessons learned and success stories shared. Um, Where can people find you if they want to hear more about We Are the Institute? If you want to uh, check us out, you can go to weartheinstitute.com. Um, yeah. Okay, you can also lot- find our YouTube and podcast yeah. as well. 
there are a, a lot there's there's probably 150 um podcasts articles blogs etc all accessible through wearetheinstitute.com and then i mean it's there's just so much on not just not just how to run an automotive business but on marketing on on life organization structure you know personal skills so yeah uh, weartheinstitute.com best place to get started Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today and for your success and best of luck in the future. Thank you. Cheers.